Real America's Voice, live from Studio 6B. Glad you're in. On a Wednesday night, I am not going to get that wrong tonight and say Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday sure? was last night. We you skipped sure? Monday. I am on it tonight. Fired up and on it tonight. We don't know what you're on, but you're on something. <laughs> Rick Delgado's here. <laughs> Slickster's not here. He'll be here, I think, an hour or two. So... Uh, it's me and Delgado hanging out with you, the live from Studio 6B Real America's Voice audience, and we are always glad when you join us, 8 to 10 each night. Glad you're in on a Wednesday night. Lots to talk about. Aaron and Fran holding it down in the big room, of course, as always. Mr. Delgado, how are you? I am well. How about yourself? Very good. Very good. Had a, um, I know it's one of those days where I don't know why I just got into, um, just got into political uh, Twitter, which I don't actually believe it or not. I know people aren't going to believe this, but I don't spend an enormous amount of time on. Yeah, I don't believe it. Yeah, I know, <laughs> uh, but I don't. And I actually, I, I'm more into like reading good articles and finding stuff. And um, but today was one of those days, and you know who it was that caught my attention is Matt Gates. Okay. Because I keep seeing Matt Gates text these things, like uh, uh, tweet these things, or whatever the hell we call it now, X these things. Um, why haven't we? Why haven't we? Well, it's been eight months and we haven't. Why haven't? And I'm thinking, well, is he asking us? Well, we don't know. You, you are the one who are supposed to know this. Yeah, that's your job. And not him specifically because he's the only one that plays offense. So I know I'm not saying him uh, at all. I know what he's saying. But, I mean, it's just I don't, don't talk to me. Don't talk to him. Talk to, talk to, your, talk to your lame um, – do nothing friends there because he's absolutely right. So that got me thinking even more like I saw Mitch McConnell back in front of a microphone today <laughs> and people will argue that he uh, didn't freeze turtle. up. But um, what he said today was just as bad as freezing up. It's almost his brain was freezing up again. I, I, I say, so he gets back in front of the microphone. And of course he says, Biden, you know, it's just like it's just like you know, it's just like yesterday. McConnell and Schumer already trying to get on the same page. We got to work together, and of course, McConnell's all too willing to do that, even in the stage he's in now, which is like you know Biden-esque, obviously. But uh, there's McConnell. First thing he says, well, Biden's been um, too slow in getting money to Ukraine. What? That's, that, that's his concern. Ugh. Now remember, this is the same guy who said. Six months ago, that Ukraine is the number one issue on at least his mind, and he thinks Americans' mind, and I don't know what, or you know, or the country's mind. I don't know what country he's talking about. Maybe Ukraine, but he's not talking about this country. Yeah, he's not talking about Hawaii. He's not talking about East Palestine. Well, no, they don't get any money. No, no, we're he's talking not about talking the money about the that, border. Yeah, no, no, no. We're not talking about like America no? first, though. We're talking about oh. Ukraine. Money is going to Ukraine. Oh, Oh, you mean the money that they wash and then put back in the pockets of the uh, the guys who sent them the money? Well, however That's it works, yes. Yeah, I know. Well, McConnell know today gets in back in front of a microphone, and the first thing he says is Biden's been too uh, too slow on getting money to Ukraine. This is this is the leader in the Senate. And um, I don't know, Senate you know, think can you think of a time that the Republicans in the Senate have um, been effective in anything that has affected your life in a positive way? When is the last time the Senate... Our Senate representation on the Republican side, you could even think back <laughs> and think of when they were ever effective or ever meant something in the, um, in the grander picture of your life. 
Hmm. What, what? Really think about it. It would. You'd probably have to go back to 2017 with the tax cuts. 2017, right? I go a lot longer than that, but okay. Trump, tell me Trump's, why. Tell Trump's me why 17. Ta- Trump's tax cuts. They had to put that through. That affected a uh, you know a lot of people in the positive. I mean, uh, yeah, okay. But that was six years ago. This is what amazes me about Mitch McConnell, and I and and I and I I'm most happy to see President Trump uh, with Tucker say that it was a mistake, and McConnell is um, not good. It's worse than it's so much worse than though not good. I don't I forget exactly what he said, but he basically acknowledged that his endorsement of him when McConnell was on the ropes in 2020. And could have lost that race until he uttered the words, he has my total and complete endorsement. After he had roadblocked the majority of what Trump wanted to do legislatively for four years is really one of the more head-shaking moments in recent history to think, what is this guy thinking about? I would say Rona Mc, uh, I would say going out for Rona McDaniel is a close second. Not, maybe not close, but it's up there too. Head scratcher, but McConnell is the ultimate head scratcher. It's not like he was a. It's not like he was like a jumping up and down with the pom poms for for Trump and for MAGA from sixteen through twenty at all. No, not at all. He roadblocked everything he could. He he uh, he helped Biden. He helped Obama usher through everything he could in his years. And he did. And as and as soon as Biden won, he started doing it for him too. But there's Mitch McConnell today, and this is again, this is this is why I need Chip Roy or somebody to come on this show, any Republican, and make the case for why impeachment is an f not just a simple effort in futility. What are we going to get out of your impeachment effort into Joe Biden? That's going to die in the Senate the moment it gets there. Why are we going to focus on that and not a defund fight that is on the doorstep right now? That, that's what I need to know, because I, it seems that there's more steam gathering uh, for the Biden impeachment inquiry, which is fine. It's, I, I mean, it's fine, but it's, do we, we all understand going in that it's going nowhere. Right. It's, a, it's an effort in futility. It's, it, it's going to just die in the Senate. It's probably going to barely make it out of the House. And then, of course, they're going to use that. As positive, uh, positive spin. Oh, look what the, look at what the evil Republicans are trying to do. They're trying to shut down the country. Poor old Joe just loves his son. Uh, they're going to get the media to buy in on it. They're going to have them sell that that agenda, and uh, we're going to get we're going to get our our butts handed. To I us. mean, I'm open to a scenario that this makes sense. If someone can what, explain for the, it for the for the impeachment? impeachment, that it makes sense for some reason, I'm open to uh, the. I, I don't there could see be a reason. I don't see one. I don't see one at all. Does the audience have one? You follow in the chat there? Maybe yeah. the audience has a reason why impeachment. And other than, Why are we not rallying the wagons around a defund fight? And the, um, and the uh, September 30th deadline on the, on the government shutting down. And, and making sure that these two federal prosecutions of President Trump are defunded. Is it because there's too many Republicans that don't think that's a good idea but don't want to say it? Well... Could be it could be that uh, you know that money that's moving too slow there, Damon. Does doesn't Mitch McConnell realize that that it takes a little time for that money to go through these twenty shell companies that end up back in his pocket? That's what he's complaining about. 
Well, getting away from the Senate here just for a second and sticking with the House, I, I just don't I don't un- understand the um, the difference in why we're going to put resources and time and effort into the. I heard the girl from New York, uh, Tierney, Tierney, is that her name? Bah. Representative Tierney, I think it is, from New York, um, on with Maria talking about impeachment and, and how important it is. I don't think it's that important. I think that, I, I think they're barking up the wrong tree. And I'm just wondering why why are we efforting something that we can't control the outcome when we have something that we can control the outcome, and we can't rally the wagons around that and defund the two federal prosecutions, defund the weaponization of government against its citizens, defund the green energy, defund the COVID madness that they're about to start kicking off again. What? How is that not more important to us? Who could possibly make the case that that's not more important than an, than an impeachment inquiry? As 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 interesting as that sounds, and like go okay, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Let's go get them. Sounds, but we're not going to get them. It's not going anywhere. No. And, and you, you know, you, you make the point. It's gonna. It's an effort, right? They're going to spend all this money, spend all this time, get away from the things that they could actually do to do something that's going to leave. Leave you uh, basically like uh, Lucy pulling the football out of Charlie Brown's uh, way, right? Because they're not going to get anything. They're going to take the swing. They're going to get the miss, and everybody's going to laugh because that's all it's going to be. Meanwhile, if you don't focus on impeachment, you say, you know what? Let's leave them in there. Go ahead. Just leave them in there. Why? Let them take them out. Let them use the 25th Amendment. That'll be on them. They can't blame that on us. They can't blame that on, uh, you know, some, somehow they'll try and make it Trump's fault. Um, but make them do it. Well, I don't, I don't think the 25th Amendment is going to be up for debate. I don't think you're going to see that from them at all. Michael Goodwin has a piece actually today that we, we'll get to. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, so that's what started me on my day. Gates tweeting about why we haven't done this. Why have we haven't done that? It's been this long. We haven't done that. And I don't know who he's looking for answers from when you're the guys who should have the answers. MTG today. Things are about to get serious, she tweets. So I retweeted. I said, why? Y'all coming back to work? What? what? <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand these cryptic tweets from the Republicans. When we're sitting, all of us are sitting here thinking, Biden's got every federal judge around the country making sure that you lose the House in 24, by the way, with redistricting. Uh, now you have a judge in Alabama that's ruled that what the, uh, the redistricting maps are going to be withdrawn, are going to be redrawn. So they're all but handing the House back to the Dems in 24. You can bank on that right now. You've got federal judges telling Texas that they've got, how is it that Biden's got every federal judge Oh, but Mitch did such a good job, Damon, with with judges, don't you know? Biden's appointed more federal judges than Trump did, and we thought Trump did a lot to reshape the courts. Biden's done more. He's got judges telling Texas to take the borders, take the buoys out of the, the, down there, trying to secure the border, actively working against it. He's got judges on board. He's got judges on board with everything that they want to do. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know who they're looking for answers from. And I don't know what's about to get serious. MTG says that things are about to get serious. So we'll, we'll all hold our breath on the edge of our seats, waiting for things to get serious from the Republicans, the do-nothing Republicans, while your leader is talking about a CR. <laughs> it's gonna, yeah, it's getting serious, okay? MAGA pilot says it will never happen to fund nor impeachment. 
Neither one. Yeah, doesn't doesn't feel confident about anything there. Uh, Ant surname says gonna waste millions on a trial when you can defund. C Worley or C Worrell twelve says defund it all now and and impeach. Why not do both? Of course, yeah. if the Republicans had the um, had the stones for the defund fight, they would have probably stayed or came come back from vacation to be able to, as I've said now, probably 10 times in the last two weeks, get gain control of the narrative and the messaging, which they never get right on anything ever. Uh, and say that this in, and start fighting that fight in, in the, in public, this is what we're going to do. This is how serious we are about it, but no, they're not, they're, no, they're, they're gone. They're not even back yet. It's a rudderless ship of fools. That's a, that's not a bad way to describe it. All right, more on this, and we'll get to uh, the press briefing room today where we got really a whopper of a description on why Biden suddenly ran out of the Medal of Honor meeting. Don't worry. It was all (laughs) planned, don't you know? We'll get to that when we get back right after this. past the hour live from studio 6b on a wednesday me and delgado hanging out with you glad you're part of the show as always um andy uh mangione is going to join us from amac been talking to you about amac he's going to join us at 8 30 so he'll be coming up but um slick rick will join us at the top of the hour nine o'clock delgado's going to do some news aaron and fran holding it down as always and of course you to live from studio 6b audience make sure you follow us on all our social media your uh, what even is that of course is out from last friday available on our Substack. that's sweet lfs6b.substack.com and it's on our website live from studio 6b.com and some new shirts out today as well remember free shipping still going on with the use of the code Bidenomics, which is appropriate, of course. <laughs> Why is that funny? I don't know. <laughs> code just, Bidenomics gets you free shipping. You know what shipping? You know what? I mean, shipping is ridiculous. I know. People think we may we don't we don't choose these prices on shipping. That's why we're doing the free shipping because it's just insane. I mean, we're feeling Biden inflation. We're we're feeling Bidenomics everywhere as well. It's not just you, and it's not everywhere. just us personally. The business feels it too. And believe me, the, the government is out there, you know, trying trying to do the uh, the Jedi mind trick. No, this is not the inflation you're feeling. No, don't worry about it. Everything's great. You wouldn't believe the numbers we see. Uh, you you are actually doing wonderful. You just don't know it. You got to stop thinking about that twelve dollar gallon of milk. You're fine. Your 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 money is going so much further. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this yesterday. We talked about the deficit. Two trillion dollar <laughs> deficit's going to double under Biden after the. Uh, after we all got duped by the uh, Congressional Budget Office telling us how the Inflation Reduction Act was going to cut the deficit. And of course, obviously, Biden goes out there whispering, lying every every speech he gives. $1.7 All this Bidenomics <laughs> is working nonsense. I so, mean, I, I just, this is one of those things when you talk about, remember old uh, Carville back in the day or whoever it was, and, you know, it's it's, it's about the, it's, it's your pocketbook stupid or the economy yeah. stupid or whatever. I just don't think it's going to work. I don't think Jared Bernstein, no matter how many interviews he does, 
goes out there and lies and tries to come up with these um, ways to to uh, talk back on these talking points. Not even talking points, just facts about where we are. I just don't think it resonates with people. Again, you sent me. I didn't have a chance to edit that clip oh, you, you sent didn't? me. Oh, it's too bad. But that's a perfect example of what we're talking about. Yeah. Of people just grabbing their iPhones and posting on social media how they cannot keep their head above water. They are they asking are. other people, are you feeling the same thing? Are you going – I, what is going on out there? I go to the grocery store. I can't buy a week's worth of food. I don't have the money. Yeah, they're getting crushed. We're all getting crushed in all different angles. Like whether you're going to the gas station, to the food store, you make maybe you want to buy a purchase. Oh, you had it. You had uh, you have a, somebody's uh, party coming up. Did you want to buy him a gift? Now you can't buy him a gift. Maybe you wanted to get him. Maybe you have to cut back on other things. It's just it's insane. But meanwhile, the White House will still put it out there, and they got their talking points out to their flackies, their lackeys in the media that'll just, you know, drone on and on. You, you don't understand how good this—it's uh, so strong. We've never seen an economy this strong. It, we've never seen an economy this strong at being terrible. That's what we're seeing. We're, we've never seen an economy this strong at sucking so hard that it's crushing everyone. But no, no, no. You keep keep up with your talking points, Jean-Claude. Well, again, uh, talking about where the labor market is Ugh. is not exactly a reflection of where individual people are in um, in their lives. You know, they can focus on the labor market because right now that fits the narrative that the labor market really hasn't softened as quickly as some may have thought. It still is holding up. Where if you're looking for work, you can find work, but that that doesn't mean you're that doesn't mean you're making a living. That doesn't mean you're surviving. That doesn't mean people aren't working a full time job and then a part time job. It doesn't mean exactly. It doesn't mean that people's uh, household debt is not through the roof, credit card debt through the roof, savings down through the toilet. No more savings. People living off credit cards. People can't. You know the real estate market is frozen. Energy prices continue to rise. Has, we haven't even felt the effect of that yet. She's in there lying about gas prices today, that they're lower, $1.20 lower than they were a year ago. They're higher than they were a year ago as he was draining the uh, um, Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Yeah, and they're also lying about, oh, my goodness, you wouldn't believe inflation's down to 3%. We got it down to 3%. You had it at 9 you jacked it up to nine, almost five times higher than it was when you walked in the door. More. It was 1.8 when Trump yeah. left office. And they act like this is like, okay, where well, we got it down. You know the difference between 2% and 3.5% inflation is a huge deal. That's not good. That, that doesn't make it good just because you brought it down from 9.2 to, to 3 point whatever it's at. It's yeah. still almost double what what the fed wants and, and you know what they try and, and i notice this when they talk about it and, and you've seen it too with some of the talking heads they go we i just don't understand why prices haven't come down what do you mean prices the, 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 just because you went from nine percent to three percent doesn't mean the prices come down it just means the rate of them going up slowed down a bit that's it dummy and then they're sitting there, they're trying to blame all, oh, you know, they're, they're, they're experiencing record profits. Yeah, oh, my goodness, look at all the profits these big companies had. You know, those profits aren't worth what they used to be. So, you know, just I'm, I'm reminded of this. Uh, it was like an old SNL bit from the 70s where, where they're doing a weekend report. And I forget, I think it was Ackroyd who was talking about everybody's a millionaire because the money isn't worth anything. Yeah. That's basically what, where we're headed. Yeah, we're headed to, to be Argentina is where we're yeah, headed. It's insane. 
But don't yeah. worry, you're doing great. This uh, inflation is the most insidious, regressive tax there is. And um, you are taking the brunt of it. The middle class is taking the brunt of it. It's why, it's why it's laughable when Joe Biden talks about the middle class, built the middle class. All you hear him say is the middle class. This guy is crushing the middle class. His tax policies crushing the middle class. His energy policies crushing the middle class. His spending, crushing the middle class. His inflation, crushing the middle class. There's no bottom-up, middle-out, whatever the hell he says. It's all top-down, not because it's trickle-down. It's all top-down because everybody's got this pressure on their heads in their chest that they can't get out from under. And it's the pressure of not being able to make it from paycheck to paycheck and watching your whole life savings that you save for go out the window. And people trying to have find ways to borrow against things that they shouldn't be borrowing against or yeah. taking money out of things they shouldn't be taking it out of because they have no other way to survive with prices like they are. Yeah, it's like when the housing bubble burst and the economy took a crap, right? And, and people saw all their, uh, all their retirement funds just drain. They couldn't retire. People had to keep working because they couldn't afford to retire anymore. This is exact. This this is this is that on steroids because now you're seeing it across the board in every single sector. And as a lot of those videos you see these people put out, and I, and I think there's something pretty soon we're headed towards the ultra rich and the poor. Those are the yeah. two classes we're going to have. Yeah, and, and I think that was in that, that in that uh, video I sent you. One of the people said that's exactly where we're headed, where you have two classes of people: the ultra rich and then everybody else, the ultra poor. And that's what they want. But that's what they want. That's the crazy part. That, that, that you know, everybody in the middle, in the middle, who's been middle class for so long has been comfortable. So it doesn't, re- well, I'm comfortable. That's not really going to happen to me. Uh, it's happening to you. It, it just, it was happening at such a slow pace before you didn't notice it. But now it's, it's chugging at you like a train that's about to run off the tracks and you can't do a damn thing about it. Because because the people in charge and the real the real issue is the farther we get down the tracks here with Biden another year of this. There's going to be no Republican president that's going to be able to come in and instantaneously fix this. The damage that they are doing, the damage he is doing to the country economically through the border. um, It is not going to be fixable by someone just snapping their fingers and being, okay, here I am, and, oh, everything is going to be great. Capitalism, here we come again. Free markets, here we come again. Uh, energy independence, here we come again. No, it's going to take some. It's going to take a significant effort and amount of time and a Republican Party that actually wants to cohesively try to work as one to get this country back from where we're going to be November of 24. I'll tell you that. All right, we'll do some more news. We'll get to uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre. We'll be back right after this. Studio 6B on a Wednesday night, 30 minutes past the hour. Glad you're in. Rick Delgado's going to do some news. Aaron and Fran holding it down as always. Slick Rick will join us for some sports in hour two. 
please welcome to the show for the first time, AMAX Action Senior Vice President Andy Mangione to the show. Andy, how are you? Doing well. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. Now, no relation to Chuck, right? Nah, no. Nah, Chuck's from Rochester. We're all from Northeast Ohio. There's got to be something going on there, but nothing I could prove. You know? Okay, very good. Um, so tell the audience, since this is your first time, and not that it's new to the audience, because obviously we've talked about AMAC before, but give the audience a little idea about who AMAC is and kind of an overview of maybe your sure. core values and what you guys do. Well, you know, thank you for the opportunity to do this. AMAC is an acronym for the Association of Mature American Citizens, Damon. We were founded 17 years ago to provide an alternative for those Americans who are age 50 plus. We were founded by a private individual, Dan Weber, who felt that the voice of conservative mature Americans was underrepresented in the halls of Congress and in state legislatures across the country. And he was right. We were founded on the premise of faith, family, and freedom. We prefer to look at the uh, problems facing America through the lens of the free market. Uh, we advocate for a strong defense. We advocate for competition. We advocate for a smaller government and we advocate for low taxes. Yeah. Um, and what's interesting is, you know, the first time I think it was slick Rick here who does sports on the show. I was reading your, the, I was reading the commercial and I mentioned about AARP and some of the things that, you know, people know them, obviously, because they have a broad user base. They're, they're, they've been in the market, obviously. But um, I don't think people understood how many left-leaning things that they supported. He, when I read the commercial, he was actually surprised after I was done. He was like, wow, I didn't even know about that. Um, I'll bet that's pretty prevalent among, um, among the citizens. They don't really know kind of what the core values are of uh, your competition in the marketplace. You know, I think that uh, your, your statement is fairly accurate. The biggest thing that I would look at and point to, the most recent thing, is uh, the other guys' support for the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, which doesn't do anything to reduce inflation, which is really hurting seniors. And we were all in against that. And I think that'll contrast our organization with the other guys pretty, pretty well. Yeah. So let's talk about what you guys do, what you guys do in Washington, what you do on behalf of your members. Kind of kind of give me an idea of how, you know, uh, all members' ideas, and, and I mean, you laid out obviously some of the broader points, but talk to me a little bit about how you make sure that all your members are heard and some of the things you guys are are advocating for in Washington, D.C. Well, first, Damon, we're, we're very blessed that we have a very engaged membership. Our members know the issues. And we are a member-driven organization. We take our marching orders from them. So when I go to Washington to represent over 2 million AMAC members, the issues that are in my portfolio were put there by the members. So we listen to them. We don't sit in a big smoky room and decide what, what legislation or what issue we're going to support and what we're not going to support. Our members direct us there. So we have full-time representation in Washington, D.C., and we are, we're proud to represent those members. We constantly talk to them. We poll them on a weekly basis. We read the comments on our websites and our digital platforms. We constantly, and, and they constantly reach out to us to tell us what's bothering them, to tell us when we're doing a good job and to tell us when we mess up. So we, if we didn't have our finger on the pulse of our membership, we would be no different than any other member benefits organization. Yeah. And how are you finding, uh, obviously, in the age of the Biden administration, how are you finding mobilizing them? Uh, have, have, have they continually gotten more active? What are some of maybe the wins you guys have had over the last two and a half years? Tell me a little something about that. 
Well, there, we, we've had a couple of wins, uh, actually more than a couple of wins, and my mind races when, when I want to talk to you about it. But probably one of the biggest, most high-profile wins that we had was uh, when the Federal Trade Commission opened up a website to talk about how pharmacy benefit managers, those are the outpatient prescription drug supply chain middlemen, how they affect the lives of people. And the FTC knew they were going to hear from doctors. They knew they were going to hear from pharmacists, but they really wanted to hear the voice of the patient. Well, the FTC opened up the website in March of last year. They closed the comments in May of last year. They received over 24,000 comments. Damon, 17,000 plus of those messages were from AMAC members. And about a week later, the Federal Trade Commission announced an investigation into the anti-competitive business practices of pharmacy benefit managers, specifically citing the volume of messages that they received. So the voice of the patient was heard in Washington and was supplied by AMAC members. Yeah, that's great stuff. You know, when I think about your members... Um you know, and I think about, we were just talking on the show, how uh, obviously everybody's financial situation right now with inflation, the way the market is and the way the economy is. You think about seniors and older, you think about healthcare, social security, financial stability, things like that. What are you guys focused on right now, given how tough everything is right now with inflation and the way the market is? What, what are you focused on and what are you doing in those areas for those members of those specific age groups? Well, you mentioned Social Security. Social Security is going to go insolvent in about 10 years, meaning that it reverts to a cash-in, cash-out basis. We have been warning Congress for 10 years this was coming, and now we're about 10 years away. We've also been promoting our solution to, uh, to securing Social Security for 75 years. It's called our Social Security Guarantee. We've been advocating for this, uh, this solution for several years on Capitol Hill. And in a nutshell, our, our solution would make Social Security software for 75 years without raising taxes. It guarantees an increase in benefits for every single beneficiary of Social Security. And we do all of this uh, with, we're not a big fan of raising taxes. The easiest way to make Social Security solvent is to put a tax burden on younger generations, and we don't believe in that. But our Social Security guarantee goes in much more detail on our website. But again, you know, it, we're, we're in this for the long haul. People will tell you, well, you've been advocating for this for the solution for 10 years. Why don't you give up? We can't give up because our members will not let us give up. We want to make Social Security uh, solvent. We want to keep this promise that was made to seniors decades ago, and we want to do it without raising taxes. And I think our plan proves that it can be done without raising taxes. Yeah. Uh, we're speaking with Andy Mangione from uh, AMAC. And of course, the website he mentioned, you can check out at amac.us slash studio 6B is the quickest way to get there. amac.us slash studio 6B. Let's talk about one of the more important things I think people listening who maybe haven't looked yet. Hopefully they'll go to this site tonight. How much is it to join AMAC? And talk about some of the benefits of joining. Well, it costs $16, and that covers a household. So that would be you and your spouse. And you will find all uh, a robust menu of benefits, Damon. You'll find all the insurance products, auto insurance, life insurance, health insurance, the under 65 products, the over 65 Medicare products. We have a Medicare advisory service to guide people when they become Medicare eligible. We have roadside assistance, travel discounts, financial assistance, and we're constantly building out our, our benefits to make it as robust as possible. So people, when they join and they spend $16, that they get their money's worth. 
All right, that's great stuff. Again, it's amac.us slash studio 6B, amac.us slash studio 6B. Check it out. Andy, I don't know if I'm going to be a member because no one's ever told me that I'm mature, but uh, (laughs) it was great having you on the show uh, for the first time, and we'd love to have you back. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much. All right, there you go. Check them out, folks. Uh, amac.us slash Studio 6B. Andy Mangione, thank you so much for appearing. Uh, amac.us slash Studio 6B. Check them out. Pretty cool stuff. 16 bucks, man. How, how do you beat that? Yeah, especially when they have all this stuff on here. I'm going through the member benefits. It includes uh, Medicare, life insurance. They've got uh, vacation things, pet insurance, home title lock. They've got uh, I mean, a most lot importantly, of people want to know their money. Yeah. is aligned with their beliefs. You know, again, Slick said to me, remember that first time I read the yeah. ARP and something? He was like, I didn't know they support all that stuff. I mean, that's important to people. They want to know that. Well, especially because these these places like the AARPs of the world and the uh, the teachers union, they take their members' money and they do what the hell they want with it. They, the, and the members have no say. Yeah. But according to, to the way he just described it, they're driven, basically, you know, when they show up in D.C., they're driven by what their members are saying to them. So they're going to, you know, they're, they're representing their members correctly. It's almost like, it's almost like uh, uh, you have an extra representative um, that, you know, basically isn't doing what they're doing in the House. These guys will do for you. Yeah, it's, it's, too bad it's, they don't have these, more power. These guys seem like serious people. Yeah. So again, check them out. Amac.us slash studio six B. Amac.us slash studio six B. All right, let's do some Studio Six B news brought news. to you by uh, Seven Cells, sevencells.com. Use our code LFS six B at checkout there. Uh, talk to uh, Dr. Timothy Chung, who I really like. I mean, he is about as nice a guy as I've ever spoken to. Uh, about uh, obviously early treatment meds going down and Man, some of the some of the, what they had to put up with to try to do, be in there is just unbelievable. But Seven Cells has got some great stuff coming up, uh, so we're gonna have he's gonna ship me out a bunch of stuff to show you and share with you and try myself. So it's uh, well, sevencells.com is the place to go. Check it out. A lot of great stuff for your health. Uh, what's going on in the uh, news, uh, Mr. Delgato? All right. Well, the big story that seemed to have broken in the afternoon that that says prosecutors here are going to seek Hunter Biden indictment before September the 29th, according to a court filing uh-huh. that was uh, sure. that was uh, unveiled today. Federal yeah. prosecutors plan to ask the grand jury to indict Hunter Biden, the son of the president, Joe Biden, before September 29th. They revealed in a court filing. The funny thing is that they, this thing was hidden like three or four pages in. Uh, they didn't even want to up front for people to notice at first. The I'll charges, believe it when <laughs> I see it. The charges of special counsel David Weiss will seek against Hunter Biden were not disclosed in the filing in the U.S. District Court in Delaware. It is possible Weiss will seek an indictment against the president's son on that firearms charge, but we'll wait and see. A lawyer for Hunter uh, argued later Wednesday that the prior plea agreement, the one that was never uh, signed off by the uh, judge on bars wife from filing any more charges against him. See, that's the thing. Uh, they didn't like agree. I said, <laughs> I'll believe it right. when I number one see it and number two hear that it can actually proceed because in uh, in the estimation of everybody, David Weiss has done nothing but run cover and protection for the Bidens. The story that I didn't even get to yesterday in the Federalist. About the F, about that 1023 and how what was leaked to the New York Times and how it was spoon fed to David Weiss. 
there's all kinds of questions here about David White. So I'm not taking it face value that all of a sudden it's going to be like, yep, here we go. Big indictment <laughs> for Hunter Biden. No. Yeah, exactly. When, when you understand the, uh, the background that David Weiss had with Bo, Bo Biden. Um, and the family before he got this gig. The new filing by prosecutors comes six weeks after the planned plea deal, of course, to resolve the charges of the tax and weapons crimes that fell apart when the judge questioned the conditions during the hearing in that court. Hunter at that hearing ended up pleading not guilty to two counts of failure to pay income taxes on income of more than $1.5 million annually. And, of course, the, the said gun charge uh, that he lied on a federal application form to uh, to possess a handgun. So we'll see what happens. Again, prosecutors are saying they're going to file for an indictment mm-hmm. before the 29th. Hopefully, maybe that's because that's before the uh, statute of limitations runs out. Maybe, maybe they'll get that part right. We'll see. Well, uh, you bring up the point that uh, Judge Jeanine Pirro brought up, who would certainly know about these kind of things. And she says, you know, they have this agreement in place she doesn't know that these charges, uh, if they're the same charges related to this agreement that they already have, uh, would supersede the agreement. So this could all just be a big show. Yeah, it could be. It could end up being a big, uh, what's it called? A nothing burger. Yeah, that's so. what it's called. Our live from Studio 6B. We're just getting started on a Wednesday night. More news with Delgado. And we will get into the press briefing room here. <laughs> Come on! One of these segments. Please. Coming up. Ha ha. Rick Delgado's doing the news. We'll do some more. Aaron and Fran holding it down. Chat's fired up tonight on Getter. Good to see everybody in there. Zen Master's in there right now. I jumped in there, tried to jump in there during the commercial (laughs) breaks. Pyro Fritz is in there. DJ Blue, Carefree Largo. I heard Carefree was on uh, this morning. Yeah, everybody's saying he was a rock star. Yeah, well, come on now. Uh, Carefree's been on a couple times. He was on on with Gina and uh, Miranda this morning down in uh florida and of course harry on the highway was there so was he was he in person or was he on the phone i think harry walked in front of the camera at one point (laughs) again doing his bigfoot imitation (laughs) it may not have been him but i just blame him because why not but uh, somebody walked in front of the camera and um i think carefree said hey who's that person walking in front of the camera there i thought well it's gotta be (laughs) it's gotta be harry Harry couldn't get to a spot before they came back or something and had a scoot in front of it. So, I mean, no, it, was, it was good. So, uh, let's see who else is in there. Well, everybody's in there. GRH4345 is in there. Patriot Lady's in there. Twin Terrestre Jones is in there. Dr. Tom. Pyro Fritz. Pyro Fritz, I saw. My pillow smells funny. Hello, Damon. Hello. How are you? I saw Paul Nolan in there. No, I don't think our Paul Nolan. Paul Nolan's whatever, whatever. Zen oh, Master said, yes, Harry did. <laughs> I knew it. What I happened? just knew it. He said, yes, Harry did. It was Harry. <laughs> it was Harry. There you go. So <laughs> Harry missed a spot quickly and thought he could scoot, scoot, do the scoot, scoot, and boogie like Brooks and Dunn said. Did he have, he a, sh- 
boot scooting boogie over there. Got to ask Zen if he had his shirt open so you could see his manly chest hair. <laughs> let's not get, let's manly, not get into the details. Harry's here. manly chest hair on display. Let's do the um, <laughs> let's do our is this English today. Whoa. Did you grab that, um, Lauren? Uh, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, because <laughs> uh, Delgado calls you Lauren. Lauren is your uh, alter ego. Yes, I guess, that's the right? evil right. alter ego. Okay, so now I'm now I'm calling her Lauren. Aaron, uh, is this English? <laughs> Kamala Harris. I have no idea what she's. I just have no idea here. Maybe you all can help me. Roll that. I feel very strongly oh, about yeah, um, the importance as a general matter of engaging in U.S. policy as it relates to foreign affairs in a way that we pay attention, of course, to the immediate concerns and threats if they exist, but that we also pay attention to 10, 20, 30 years down the line and what we are developing now that will be to the benefit of our country then. So I ask you what the hell she just said. I, I, I just don't know. I just don't know. I mean, we could have left that full screen too, and I could have seen the words yeah. bigger. I still wouldn't have known. And, and even with it spelled out, it's just one of these long run-on sentences that that yeah. doesn't really have a point. Right. I, you do the Star Wars lettering <laughs> there, and you think that that's going to help. It's not doesn't help. Right. It just doesn't help. <laughs> <laughs> and then the end is this. So we could now do know now what we might know then. Right. <laughs> what? <laughs> then she says something in there about U.S. policy overseas. Not foreign policy, but U.S. policy overseas, I think she says, which kind of seems like a misnomer, but I don't know. I've listened to it three times, and I lose focus halfway through every <laughs> single time. <laughs> yeah, Aaron. Any idea? Was it? I mean, was there? I, I mean, I think I should change it to instead of "Is this English?" Because there, I guess it is English. There's sentences, right? But it should. The segment should be called "What the f does this mean?" Yeah, I agree. Maybe, that, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that, well, that, just make that a new new segment because "Is this English?" still still applies to we most of what those, Joe right? Biden yeah, says. True. Right. Yes, I think we should call the, those with her just "What the f is she talking about?" or something like that. Right. Something like that. Lauren's with you on that one. Okay. Very good. All see, right, very good. See, that's why I like Lauren. She's okay, let's do some marker. more news, and then uh, we'll get into the press briefing. Or do you want to get into it now so that I don't skip it again? Because um, we only have five minutes left in this second. How long is the press be brief- here. How long is the press briefing? Well, this is only about a fifty-five second clip. Right, let's jump into okay, it. Okay, so you all remember Biden yesterday? I heard of him. <laughs> he, he run, um, he's that fellow that runs that outfit over there yeah, right? exactly yeah he's of course now matt he's decided he's going to mask now again because doc, dr jill is uh, of course positive at least they tell us that uh so biden's going to mask again and of course she's telling us the vaccines work and everybody needs to get vaccines and everybody you know, all of them who have taken nine shots, four boosters, and wear 10 masks all keep catching it, but that's okay, whatever. So Biden's yesterday in the um, Medal of Honor ceremony, and they have this American hero there, gentleman, who seemingly is about Biden's age, maybe a little older. Yeah, and seems to have his capacities all, he's all good. Yeah, and Biden, of course, takes his mask off, gets right up on top of the guy, gives him the medal, and then turns around and books out of there, <laughs> clearly not knowing that the ceremony wasn't over. He thought it was clearly that right. the ceremony was over. Let's either, be real. 
Either that or he just didn't know what the hell he was doing. Yeah. Uh, well, she was asked about it today, and, uh, well, here's the answer. I'm going to be uh, – I'm going to share a couple of things with all of you here um, and just start with what the ceremony was all about because yeah. it's incredibly important. Sure. Uh, the president took off his mask, uh, okay. uh, as he, I said he would, to deliver incredibly powerful remarks uh, about – Okay, stop. <laughs> now, they are going to ask you to mask your children, your elementary school children, your middle school children, maybe your high school children – who uh, have of scintilla point zero one zillion zeros one chance of this disease ever affecting them. The masks and what they breathe, having those on all day, will affect them much more. Uh, plus the distraction of them and uh, how unhealthy that is will affect them much more. They will ask them to cement them on their face all day long in 97 degree heat that most of the schools across the country right now are feeling during the day. Um, but for the 81-year-old president who's told us how important it is to mask up, the new rule is, and maybe your kids should, if, if your kids are unfortunately with some dictator somewhere that makes them do this, they should say, well, listen, what I'm doing every day is very powerful. Because if what you're doing is very powerful, like you're giving very powerful mm -hmm. words, right. the mask then can come off. And that's the explanation, because clearly that's just what she said. Oh, is it because of the power of the words? Yes, that are you coming? have to be. Oh, you have be to be doing something powerful. If you're right. doing something powerful in your own estimation, the mass doesn't. Need, well, here it is. I mean, ceremony was all about because it's incredibly important. Uh, the president no. took off his mask, uh, as he, I said he would, to deliver incredibly powerful remarks oh. Oh. about this captain, Captain Taylor, uh, and what he did in service to our, our nation. And he wanted to honor uh, the captain. And for a brief time afterwards, he also uh, didn't have his mask on, as you just laid out. Uh, and he left as planned, as it was planned. Uh, he left uh, <laughs> nice when there was a pause in the program in order to minimize to minimize his close contact with attendees uh, who are uh, who are about to participate in a reception. And I, I, you all reported that, noticed that he left uh, uh, when there was a pause in the program because, again, he wanted to minimize, uh, certainly, uh, uh, his impact on folks who were there. <laughs> that is the steaming so the pile <laughs> of powerful. Oh, that was a powerful steaming pile she just So delivered. the 81-year-old president, yes. who's had the 10 shots for boosters has already had uh his wife has covid uh so who knows what what he has brewing possibly uh went up to the 90 year old medal of honor winner and because he was delivering powerful words <laughs> and because he then want then he wanted to yes. minimize after he after he was four inches from him to put the thing around his neck he figured now I need to run out of here so I can minimize my exposure to everybody. Right. This is what we're being told. Yeah, uh, because he, he saw there was a break in the action. Yeah, the break was him breaking for the door. <laughs> that was the break. The it's, brain breaking. He, he didn't even finish putting the, the, putting the damn thing on the guy and shaking the guy's hand. As he's shaking his hand, he's, he's leaving. But no, 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 he saw a break in the action. Yeah, okay. And I love how she keeps telling them, like, like you reported, like you knew, like right. she's telling them what they're supposed to be doing or yeah. what they're supposed to be thinking. Like you reported, like you told me, like I told you. Oh, God, get out of here. Minimizes exposure after he's four inches from the guy's face. Too late. Science.
two live from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice on a Wednesday night. Glad you're in. Rick Delgado's doing the news. Slick Rick in the seat's going to do some sports. Slickster, how are you? Fantastic, Big D. Whirlwind day, but I'm here. I made it. I changed the lighting in the I studio to match your suit for that beautiful purple that you have on. Prince Purple looking so, good. I, I feel like we're, we're all now part of a uh, Fruit of the Loom commercial. <laughs> <laughs> That's with the purple. Yeah, man. oh, man. Sharp-looking suit, shirt, the whole deal. Is that new? That's brand-new suit. Oh, yeah, look off the out. press. Stone. Purple. Purple Rain. Off the press. All right, Purple Rain. I'm gonna, that's the name of that suit. That suit is called Purple Rain yes, Off the sir. Press. There you go. Now, now, do you do that? Do you have names for your outfits at home? No, I couldn't possibly. I don't have enough names. Wow. Okay. <laughs> he barely has enough hangers. What are you talking about, exactly. Delgado? Forget about it. Come on. Uh. My house looks like a dry cleaner. <laughs> Slick's going to do some sports here in hour two. Aaron and Fran holding it down. Delgado will do some more news. Uh, but let's start our – go ahead. Did I even do news? <laughs> I don't know. All right, let's start out hour two by doing some news. I guess with I that. did. Uh, I think we have some breaking – I don't know if it's yeah. breaking news, but a brand new story out uh, just in, on Just the News. Of course, the great John Solomon, who you can see each and every night right here on Real America's Voice, 6 p.m. with Amanda Head on Just the News, No Noise. Um, let's do that with Rick Delgado. What's going on? Yeah, this is breaking. Uh, just came across the justthenews.com website. Like you mentioned, Damon, whistleblower concerns about Hunter Biden's firms first surfaced back in the spring of 2015 SEC memos show. Well, who was who was uh, in the White House back then? Oh, that's Barack Obama. That's right. Uh, banking whistleblowers first began raising alarms about Hunter Biden's business deals as long ago as spring of 2015, while his father was still serving as VP, flagging what they feared were suspicious transactions and fraudulent schemes. One of the bankers became so concerned, he eventually escalated his concerns to the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission only a few days before Donald Trump won the 2016 presidency, according to Doc. Documents provided to Congress and obtained by Just the News. Due diligence on involved parties revealed less than clean records. A Morgan Stanley investment compliance presentation showed in May of 15, uh, May of 2015, that is, stated specifically providing a dossier about Hunter Biden's background. Talk about dossiers. Here's one. Hunter Biden's background, his expulsion from the Navy, his association with the Ukraine energy company Burisma Holdings, and photos of the first son with uh, Barack Obama and Joe Biden. There's actually a file that John posted on here where you can go check out the presentation for yourself if you want to go to his website. The presentation is one of the earliest known whistleblower activities to raise serious questions about Hunter Biden and his foreign business exploits. It triggered suspicious activity reports, also known as SARS, filed by the banks and an SEC complaint that eventually would lead to a 2016 indictment of several Hunter Biden business partners and a bond fraud scheme and later FBI and RS investigations targeting Hunter Biden himself. So while his business partners, uh, actually uh, got indicted, Hunter Biden sailed on through. While SARS reports are frequently generated by compliance officers, the step of independently reporting information directly to the SEC is much more rare, especially when you have, I think it was up to 180 of them now. 
The documents obtained by Just the News chronicle the efforts by at least one VP inside the Morgan Stanley Investment Bank to blow the whistle on the companies affiliated with Hunter Biden and one of his chief business partners, Devin Archer. The concerns included that the firms may be involved in a fraudulent bond scheme with a Native American Wakpani tribe and may have improperly benefited from tax dollars in a separate technology investment. Now, that's interesting because that's what Devin Archer is going to jail for, for this bond scheme with the Native American tribe. Uh, but now we're learning that Hunter Biden could have been involved in that as well. Eventually, two Morgan Stanley officials would file whistleblower complaints seeking investigations. To date, there is no indication how those federal agencies under President Barack Obama, well, what do you think he did, uh, Donald Trump or Joe Biden handled the information. Uh, the SEC and Morgan Stanley both declined comment, uh, saying that they do not publicly discuss whistleblower cases. Abby Lowell, a lawyer for Hunter Biden, did not return an email seeking comment. So there's a there's just the first part of this uh, much longer article that details and goes year by year. It seems like from 2015 goes through uh, 2016. Uh, seems month after month here, uh, detailing what was going on and what they found, and basically based on these whistleblower complaints that surfaced way back in 2015. There, Dame. I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at the dig in part on just the news. When you go to any of these articles, there's a tab that says dig in, and I'm looking yeah. uh, at the uh, I'm looking at the uh, overview of the Wakpami series 2014 bonds, potentially suspicious structure and transactions. Um, yeah, very interesting. Yeah, and I, I clicked on the uh, the link that they provided for the um, for the presentation. And it's pretty interesting. They've got they've got screenshots. They've got a list of suspicious uh, interactions. Uh, the, and again, this was uh, put together by the whistleblower from Morgan Stanley. So interesting to see uh, where this will lead. You, you know, you know how hard it is what you have to be doing to get a, a SARS sent in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and I think I think this guy's got hundreds of them. Yeah, one hundred and eighty. 180. Usually one or two is enough for people to get fired from major corporations if they do something like this. They had 180. And as you point out that Devin Archer is doing the same thing, basically that's what he's going away for. And you think about the tax stuff we know was going on at this exact same time that we've now found out about that they let slide, that they let the uh, statute of limitations slide on in these exact same years. Exact same years. And through all the whistleblower testimony that we've heard about tax and and uh, Hunter Biden and the tax issues he's having, he had, or yep. what he was doing back then, this wasn't even a part of it. Nope. This was all sat on by the uh, Obama administration and the DOJ over there. But don't worry. David um, Weiss is now going to bring a big indictment. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. All right, what else is going on in the news? Well, uh, you might want to hold on to your horns for this one there. Damon, believe it or not, 
It's becoming a nightly. Uh, <laughs> ever oh. since last night, oh. yes. Were you stealing us now? <laughs> Photographs deemed most exciting images of Loch Ness monster ever captured are most likely a sturgeon. Claims a professional investigator, believe it or not, but they're not sure. The thermal image oh, Im- sure. thermal imaging drone footage has captured what they are saying is the uh, best indication of a Loch Ness monster on camera. Plenty of individuals have claimed to seen to have seen the Loch Ness monster, but questions remain as to whether the, whether or not they actually witnessed the legendary beast. Now there is scientific evidence of the phenomenon. Researchers have recently revealed that they have first ever video of the sea serpent from a thermal imaging drone. Yes, the footage was taken by a production company called Dragonfly Films out of... Uh, yeah. Oh, and shows a large animal on the banks of the body of water lame, named Loch Ness in Scotland, which some believe is the famed monster named nicknamed Nessie. The project's producer, Tim Wittard, said the company detected the creature using sensing drone technology, Damon. These thermal drones allow us to see the lock in infrared. With this equipment, we're able to see immediately if any animal breaks the surface of the water. This thermal imaging technology has been available for several years now, and it seems remarkable that no one has yet deployed it uh, and used this equipment in an effort to investigate this mystery. It did detect, stop it, an unusual heat signature on one of the thermal imaging drones, a large mass near the shore, and no, it was not Chris Christie. Um, The alleged detection of the sea serpent comes not long after some of the hunters reported detecting four distinctive noises under the water during a massive hunt which took place August 26th and 27th in the Loch Ness. So there you have it. Interesting. Was Harry Oates... Was Harry Oates in the area? Was Harry Oates in, in, Harry, have we Harry, seen them in the same location since this happened? I, I he was do parasailing. Have... <laughs> what is drone? What, do... what, what, what was that fine report from? Um, oh, yeah. What, what that was from, that? well, that was from Mike, uh, MSN. Oh. Microsoft News. Oh, oh okay. Not the Enquirer. <laughs> no. Okay. 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 So there you have it. Okay, very good. Very there's, good. There's also a story on it on the uh, in the Daily Mail. So we're, okay, so where do we go from here? What do we, what do we, what's the next, uh, what do we, what do well, we Well, it for? just happens that Dragonfly Films was releasing a 12-part series called Weird Britain, and this is the first episode. Well, there you have it. Bingo. What? Bingo. It, it's in the news. Okay. There you have it. And that's what we do here. We report right. the news. We report the stuff that you want to know about. Okay. It's all very important. Yes. Shush. You're fantastic. All right. Excellent. Right. Is there any, uh, any UFO news tonight? No UFO news oh, tonight. Oh, <laughs> I have a UFO story. Aaron Rodgers. I do. Uh, coming up, Big D. I have a UFO story. Okay, <laughs> he very has good. A UFO story. But I asked. Is there anything else in the news, Doug Otter, or yes. are you done? No, there's one more if you want me to squeeze it in. I do want you uh, to. Go U.S. Ahead, U.S. Southern Command has canceled uh, screenings of The Sound of Freedom. Believe what? it or not. Right. Yes, yeah, so the United States Southern Command, Southcom, has canceled two planned screenings of the anti-trafficking film Sound of Freedom, which became an unexpected blockbuster hit. Released on July the 4th, uh, the film is based on the true story of Department of Homeland Security agent Tim Ballard, who left his post to rescue victims of child, human, and sex trafficking. Jim Caviezel stars as Ballard. Southcom, though, was originally slated to screen the movie on August 28th and October 19th, The Hill report. Um, U.S. Army Garrison Miami uh, intended to screen the film to educate personnel about the relevance 
and the issue that sometimes affects military command. Army Colonel Emmanuel Ortiz confirmed the cancellations to the Hill, saying a determination was made to cancel the screenings. Individuals interested in viewing the film can still do so at a local theater of their choosing. The now-canceled screenings was intended to help raise awareness of the nexus between transnational criminal organizations and human rights abuses they frequently commit as part of their human smuggling activities. So there you have it. For some reason, though they're not saying why, um, they're canceling this. Movie night. They're canceling movie night for the, uh, for the military. That from just the news. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll do some more news with Rick Delgado. We'll do some sports with Slick Rick coming up. Um, in the time we have left here before we have to br- hit the break, have you seen Tucker's new video, Rick Delgado? <laughs> uh, we're talking about aliens or we're talking about uh, gay uh, Obama sex? That's well, I, I asked you if you've seen Tucker's latest video. I've seen clips. It's not about aliens. No, it's not about aliens. Okay. Well, I think the full interview is out today. I was just wondering if there was a trailer dropped, I believe, yesterday. Yes. And then I believe the full interview came out today. And, have you uh, partaken in either one of them? I've not partaken in either one, though the memes are hilarious. If you go on social media, they're all over the place. Okay. Um, and it's amazing that this is now becoming uh, a story and picking up steam. Yeah. And you, you know, here's my position. I don't care if not one word of it is true because it doesn't. These are the rules now. Right. This is the. This is how it works. It doesn't matter if any of it is true. It just doesn't. Nobody gives a damn if it is or not, because that's the rules we play by now. So have fun, because it's now out there, and 200 million people are going to watch it. And that's that's it. Yeah, and if you got a problem with that, Russia, Russia, Russia. Yeah, exactly. Welcome to the new rules. If he dies... He dies. Oh, here we go. All right, we're back with sports right after this. the blues on a wednesday night let me talk to you about our friends from birch gold you know vladimir putin called the u.s dollars drop in dominance objective and irreversible quote unquote during the recent BRICS announcement summit in south africa as brazil russia india china and south africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the u.s dollar it's the first shoe to fall As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar weakens as well. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text America today to 989898 for your free information kit on gold. They got thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews. You can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. And as the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, 
arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Text America right now to 989898 and claim your free information kit from our friends at the Birch Gold Group. All right, 18 past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday night. Glad you're part of the show. Time to do some sports. Sports is brought to you by our friend Mike Lindell and my pillow. I don't know if people have just an, a renewed interest in Mike Lindell's my pillow stuff, or they have a renewed interest in will not comply, did not comply T-shirt of the month, because I'm getting all kinds of my pillow orders sent in nice. the last couple of days. People support Mike, which I absolutely love because he needs it every single day. Yep. And we're going to have everybody in did not comply, will not comply. And how appropriate is that going to be for the rest of this year and into next year? That should be the number one selling shirt we have, honestly. It should. When you think about it. Yeah. Yep. Either that or the new. And it's simple and it's to the point. Either that or the new hold your horns. That'll be no, good. No, I have not. Then I, with, Damon's, no, no. with Damon's face and two horns, and he's just holding them like that. That'd be great. That's not a, that one's <laughs> not awesome. available yet, nor uh, will I, well, it'll be available. I can't wait for that one to 2027. Drop, as they say. All right, let's do some sports. Look, I heard about that. Yeah. What's, <laughs> what's going on? Okay, BT. Speaking of the herd and steers, where are we going to go? To the rodeo. To the course. rodeo. Lewiston Roundup. Lewiston, and that's the great state of Idaho. Where else? The Lewiston Roundup grounds. This rodeo's rolling great right French through the fries. night, big baby. Yep. Here we go. Steer wrestling leader, J.D. Struckness, 3.2 seconds. Good score. Team roping, Tyler Wade and Wesley Thorpe, th- uh, that's 3.7 seconds. Good time. Uh, tie down roping, Ling Livingston, 7.6 seconds. Barrel racing, Paige Jones, 17.3 tenth seconds. And steer roping, we're in the second round already. Chet Heron, 10.9 seconds. Total payout on this rodeo, $156,881. Week one of the NFL kicks off tomorrow night. We'll have our odds makers right at 8 o'clock. Myself and Aaron will make our picks, so we're going to get ready. You got Kansas City and Detroit. Oh, the Chiefs holding the biggest the biggest tailgate party ever. Now, you got some good barbecue down there. Big D, those ribs are fantastic. But uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. I got a couple of stories coming up with the NFL, but let's get you updated on the U.S. Open. It's getting hot and heavy, Big D. 90 degree weather, and they're out there. I love uh, this young kid, This whoever this kid is. I don't know if he's, if he's still in, but Oh, you're talking about yeah, 500 uh, miles an hour. You talk about Ben Shelton. <laughs> oh ben yeah, Shelton. Come on. Oh, the American. He's good. That kid. Yeah, he, def- he defeated Francis Tiafoe, the other American last night, ranked number 17. Uh, ben Shelton wasn't ranked at all. He's and, into the semis now, right? Oh yeah, he's going to take on the great Novak Djokovic. I think it'll be over there, but we'll see. Big day. Number Novak. Oh, well, just easy. He's slow your roll there. Right, come on, no. When you hit the ball 150 <laughs> miles an hour, you got a chance against anybody. You do, no question. But I tell you, Novak is a tough out. He's looking, to, he's looking for that matchup with Carlos Alcarez. Carlos Alcarez run away already. But let's get to the ladies. That's always important first. Arena Sabalenka cruises past Zhang Quinwin in uh, into U.S. Open semis. ESPN News Services reporting. Arena Sabalenka uh, moved into the U.S. Open semifinals Wednesday, looking every bit the top player in the world while rolling to a 6-1, 6-4 victory over Zhang Quinwin. Win in just over an hour. Uh, Sabalenko, who is going to be the number one player in the WTA rankings next week after Iga Svitek, which that was a big upset. She lost in the fourth round, has not dropped the set at, at, at Flushing Meadows yet. Uh, she cruised through her quarterfinal in 92 degree heat that prompted a partial closing of the Arthur Ashe Stadium roof to provide more shade. Next up for Sabalenka is the winner of the night match on Ash between ninth seed of Wimbledon, Marquita Vondrasova, and number 17, Madison Keys. I believe. 
believe Madison Keys did win that. Uh, I'll check the score in a moment. But I believe Madison Keys did upset Vondrasova. So we'll see what happens there. Russian players Daniil Medvedev and Andrei Rublev are playing Thursday afternoon for a spot in the semifinals. Daniil Medvedev did win, move on. 6-3-6-1-6-2, I believe. And uh, Carlos Alcaraz and number 12, Alexander Zverev. Good match on right now. Uh, the other semifinal matchup Friday is already set with number two seeded Novak Djokovic and the aforementioned American Ben Shelton. Big D's putting his money on Ben Shelton with that 150 mile an hour smoking serve. So U.S. Open heating up. We'll have the finals this weekend and I'm really excited about that. Both of the men and the women. I love the ladies. They play fantastic tennis. Really enjoy that. And speaking of tomorrow night, we got the opener and Chiefs get surprising. Travis Kelsey injury update. You know, the spread is hinging on it because Travis is one of those top NFL players, fantasy draft player. He's a fantastic football player. Philadelphia Eagles center Jason Kelsey, his brother, did his best to put Kansas City Chief fans at ease Wednesday morning with his update on young brother Travis Kelsey's injury while talking with the 94 WIP morning show that's in Philly. The former six-round pick said that he thinks the All-Pro tight end will be good to go for the Chiefs season opener. And uh, Kansas City hosts the Detroit Lions in the first game of the 2023 slate. Big D, 820 tomorrow night and uh, Thursday. Hopefully we'll have the game on here while we're doing the show. And the young Kelsey brother left practice early on Tuesday due to a hyperextended <laughs> knee. It was reported afterward that while the injury isn't believed to be a long-term issue, number 87 status for Thursday's contest was in doubt, but it looks like he's going to play. looks like Chris Jones may show up too. And boy, that's a game changer. If Chris Jones gets gets down in a, in, in a squat there, big D on that line, he's one of the he's one if not the best guys in defensive line. He's just a tremendous tackle. And if he gets out there, there could be, I might have to switch my pick. Right now, I'm leaning Lions, but I don't know, Big D. You get him out there, and of course, Mahomes and Andy Reid, you can't beat them. And that's a wrap in sports. Big D, back to you. All right, Slick Rick, very good. We'll do some more sports before the end of the show, and we will have an odds makers tomorrow night as we kick off a Thursday night show. And then Friday, we'll have a full odds makers, and we'll be covering the president's speech, which is about slated to start, I believe, around 9 p.m. or so. So you just got to lock it in on Real America's Voice all day long, especially on Friday, as we'll take you right through the president's speech on uh, on Friday night to wrap up the week. So what a better way to wrap up the week. President will be fired up, I'm sure. Um, and so that'll be uh, that'll be the rest of the week. So uh, I got, got a little time here. Michael Goodwin has a piece today, which I know the two of you will love. Uh, because it's entitled Democrats have to dump Joe Biden as their 2024 <laughs> nominee. Prez policies wildly unpopular with the people. And he says the calendar right now says that summer's ending, vacations are over, it's time to get back to work. And if you're a Democrat, it's also time to get serious about dumping Joe Biden as your 2024 nominee. What do you think of that, They just got to figure out the best way to do it to save face. Um, See if they can get him to exit gracefully. If not, it could get messy. And uh, I think that's the way they're going to go. And then, of course, when it comes to, uh, well, who the hell are they going to run, right? We were talking about this the other day. Uh, Gretchen Whitmer's been talked about. The, 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 the jackass out of Pennsylvania has been talked about. Um, what's the, uh, what's the what, no, no, the other one. The, the governor Shapiro. of Pennsylvania. Yeah, there you go. The, 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 he, has, he has no national stature. He, they can't exactly. Stop. That's why. Come on. There's not enough on him. People people can't really attack him yet because they don't really know much about him. No. Um, then you've got the uh, finely quaffed Nazi out of California known as Gavin Newsom. <laughs> yeah. Um, because you see his state, that's getting even worse. Oh, yeah. Um, following those tactics. Uh, he, I heard this floated the other day. What do you think about this? Newsom 
is going to appoint Kamala Harris to Dianne Feinstein's empty seat, and then he will become the VP, and then Biden resigns, and he becomes president. What do you think about that? How the hell? She's not going to do that. I just said I was going to float it out here. That's a floater, all right. Next time, flush. All right, we'll talk more. <laughs> we'll talk more about that. That's a wipe. <laughs> Mark it down. What the t- what's today? September 6th. You heard it here first. Oh, okay. oh boy. <laughs> At last. On a Tuesday night. <laughs> Thirty minutes past the hour, live from Studio Six B on Wednesday. Slick Rick's going to do some more sports. Rick Delgado's doing the news. Aaron Fran holding it down as always. So, uh, Fran, would you like to tell me what that uh, person from the Rav website said again? Sure, I believe it's Flow Thirty One Thirty Eleven. Okay, that is. Uh, said Damon onto something, but I believe a Supreme Court justice will resign soon, making Biden put Kamala on the court, and then he appoints Newsom as VP, and either Joe steps down or they invoke the Twenty Fifth Amendment. Okay, that's that's an interesting take. Not little, as interesting a, a as little mine. More, a little better than yours. No, I, it's yes, not better. Easily. Than mine. What are you talking about? Easily, because then she doesn't have ever have to run again. She sits on the court She's for life. Gonna, doesn't have to do anything. Do you think they could get rid of Joe quicker than they can Kamala? The Democrats, if they circle the wagons, Hakeem Jeffries goes and says, oh, you know, you're not going to run this time. No, you think, they can't. You think they she's can't. more she's, of a problem than she, he is? She checks too many boxes and be infighting. No, that's a, it's a female. You're attacking a, a woman, woman of color. Racist. Yeah. No, right. you, you go, you go, um, you go replace Feinstein. You can be more effective as a senator. Uh, she may be internally not happy anyways. We don't know. And then he replaces her on the ticket. They run. And if they win, God forbid, uh, then Joe resigns. Two months into the new administration, he resigns, and there's President Newsom. Yeah, I don't. It's not going to be Biden. He's not going to be on the ticket. They're gonna they're gonna get rid of him. Okay, and, this is and the they Democratic very well Party. May be, but they you heard to. it here first. They have to get rid of him. from me and from Flo. His version or hers version is a little different, but you heard it here first. Well, your version doesn't make sense. No, no, my version's excellent. Because, because, because having her step down as VP makes no sense. She would never stand for that. Oh, I, I don't know about that. And she's got, she's got. Uh, they hate each other. About a twenty-minute diatribe of one sentence she could tell you, and would would lead you to the fact that yes, do you she's need not to going see? Anywhere. Do you need to see tonight's? Is this English again? Yes. She has no idea what's going on in this exactly, administration or what they're doing. Perfect. She doesn't even care anymore. That's perfect. That's perfect impeachment insurance for Joe. Okay. Do you want you want me to keep doddering around and darting off stage and forgetting things and licking kids, or do you want this? So I saw in ABC News tonight more uh, more push towards the shiny new object uh, headline: Group sues to block Trump from the 2024 ballot in Colorado, citing well, guess what? The 14th, 14th Amendment, Amendment and January 6th. And, of course, this is the funny part of this. Of course, the group is called Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics. And as I tweeted this morning, they probably have neither one of those 
within the group. Nope. No one who's responsible, and they certainly have no ethics. Uh, a Washington-based watchdog group on Wednesday filed a lawsuit on behalf of a handful of voters seeking to bar former President Donald Trump from the 2024 ballot in Colorado under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment based on his alleged involvement in the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. The suit, quickly dismissed by Trump's team, marks one of the first serious challenges, this is ABC, serious challenges to his qualifications as a presidential candidate based on a 14th Amendment argument. And once again, I point you to Mark Levin's piece in The Blaze yesterday on the um, insatiable appetite that the left now has with Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, even though it is not applicable with anyone high, with an IQ higher than a stone. But that will not stop them, as we said yesterday, because timing is everything, from trying to throw as many of these kind of things up from groups with names like that as they possibly can in as many states as they can, because uh, it's all time. It takes time for these things to work themselves through. You know, you've got, um, as we talked about, the, the, the judicial tyranny that we have in this country more and more that we see throughout the country on many issues. And again, this is why this whole thing about what's going on in D.C. and this judge clearly set out to be the, the wrecking ball of this whole trial to get, to get a, a conviction I have, I have no hope that a strategy will be, well, don't worry about it, Damon, because it's going to get to the Supreme Court. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. No thanks on waiting for that. No thanks on waiting for that. So, so this is just another one of those things that you're going to see more of. And, of course, ABC is going to write these long pieces on it. The Sunday shows are going to pick this up. Did you see this? Every Republican who goes on a show, if you're not the male Lizzo, who's going to go on and go, yeah, it's a great idea, of course. So, yeah, I agree with this. He'll say that. Uh, but everyone else is going to be asked about it. And, of course, um, this is what you're going to get. This is the wrap-up smear. That's the tactic, right? Make it up, get it in the press, get everybody else talking about it, get them to report on it, get get the uh, now we got to look into this. Now, of course, you know, uh, senators and all, all these judges have to start weighing in because, well, it's been in the press. And of course, if they're talking about it, well, then we have to talk about it because it could be a possibility. And that's how they that's how the wrap ups. And then the, and of course, how did Pelosi uh, phrase it? Then she goes, then they market it. So once they get the uh, the little whirly bird going, then they market it out and try and get everybody talking about it. And that's the wrap-up smear. So oldest trick in the book. We know about it now. Go screw. Yeah. And as uh, Levin said yesterday, uh, let's just remember that there has not been one person charged with insurrection. So uh, the, the phrase of shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the United States um, is is laughable that that could be an argument, of course, because there's no evidence, as he says, there's no evidence that he did it other than the wishful meanderings and self-serving declarations of the proponents of this uh, scam. He says, strangely, however, if that was true, the true intention and purpose, the amendment doesn't provide any guidance on how these decisions would be presented and resolved in the case of a presidential candidate or a president. I say strangely 
because at the Constitutional Convention, the framers spent a great deal of time debating and working through the way we elect presidents. They came up with the Electoral College system. It didn't take long until it was evident that even that process needed some adjustment, hence the 12th Amendment to the Constitution. If in 1868, the drafters, adopters, and ratifiers of the 14th Amendment intended it not only to apply to a presidential candidate or president, but knew it could upset the presidential election process, why did they say absolutely nothing about it? For example, how is it determined whether a presidential candidate or president engaged in an insurrection or rebellion against the United States when he has not been charged with? let alone convicted of such offenses? Well, you won't find the answer in the 14th Amendment. That would seem to be an essential question in need of a definitive answer. Did the men behind Section 3 intend that a presidential candidate be barred from a state ballot based merely on accusations? And accusations from whom? The media, Democrat Party officials, operatives, litigators, academia, never Trumpers. In fact, the second impeachment trial against President Trump fell well short of a number of senators needed to convict him of the events of January 6th. As a result, he was not barred under Article 1, Section 3 of the Constitution from, quote, holding and enjoying any office of honor, trust, or profit under the United States, end quote. If anything, there was a constitutional adjudication in Trump's favor so that's just a little more from levin's very fine piece yesterday which i again encourage you all to read in its totality to lay out the case on how ridiculous these uh abc and more to come uh discussion this is going to be on the 14th amendment yeah we've already seen a bunch of states already knock this down even democrat blue states have knocked it down saying yeah we can't do this so it'll be interesting. I, I guess we'll have to go through at least 25 of the states uh, doing this or at least attempting it to see what happens with that. That said, uh, former Proud Boys leader Enrico Tario, you see he got 22 years as part of his January 6th sentence. Again, from this Trump judge that, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't even know what to say about these, 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 what we're seeing. When you look at what has happened well, this is police. To state. Some of these, some of the sentences that well, I'm sorry, what'd you say? This is police state. This is this is all it is. Obscenely excessive. When you look at the sentences that were been handed down to murderers, to when you look at the sentences that haven't been handed down to the people who burned this country in the summer of 2020, who burned down police stations, when you look at other cases in D.C. in this exact court, where the DOJ has asked for leniency on people who raped and murdered people i mean i don't know every in and out of this guy's life or what he did but i know this he wasn't even there on that day 22 years from a trump appointed judge who cannot seem to get past um this the his perception of what happened that day right he was sentenced 22 years in federal prison. His sentence, the longest in the January 6th case so far, surpassing the 18 years for Oath Keepers founder Stuart Rhodes, who was also convicted of seditious conspiracy. Last week, Joe Biggs was sentenced to 17 years. Zach Rule was uh, sentenced to 15, and Ethan Nordain to 18 years. 
It's amazing. Over the past week, four members of the Proud Boys received sentences that reflect the danger that their crime, the uh, uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland said. Today, the leader of the Proud Boys, Enrico Tario, learned the consequence of conspiring to oppose the force of lawful transfer of power. Yes, and, and as you noted, he wasn't even there. He was not at the Capitol on January 6th. He was arrested about 48 hours before the attack <laughs> because, because he was at another pro-Trump event in Washington. Tario, it says here, knew the warrant was out for his arrest thanks to a Washington police lieutenant who has since been charged and pleaded not guilty. Um, and, and, and there's also, there's also uh, I guess, evidence. He, he used to be or worked with the FBI as an informant for a while. Yes, so, I've seen that. So, so uh, I guess it doesn't matter. Even if you're uh, if you're carrying water for the government, uh, they'll use you because that's what they do. They're not they're not here to solve your problems. They're just going to create more for you. Someone in the tr- uh, the chat just said, "Delgado, do you know he wasn't even there?" Yes, we yeah. just just exactly yeah. talked we were about just that. talking about that. Yeah. All right. What else is uh, going on in the news? Uh, let's see here. Well, if we're talking about, uh, the white house, well, let's talk about how they're trying to control the narrative by purging 440 journalists, uh, in a single stroke. Yes. According to, uh, <laughs> according to what uh, we're reading here from MSN, um, it turns out that that's exactly what the white house has done. They've changed the rules, so to speak, Damon, on, uh, what it takes when you get your, uh, white house press cadet, uh, white house Press credentials, I should say. In a recent shift, they decided that uh, I guess if you haven't used your your uh, your press pass in a little bit, they're going to change the rules. The rule change actually went into effect uh, in May and sig- signal a significant alteration to the criteria of obtaining extended access to the White House press corps. The White House press pass holds substantial importance for journalists, granting them special status. However, the recent changes to these rules resulted in substantially reduced number of credentialed White House correspondents, dropping from 1,400 to about 975. Journalists were informed that they would need to request renewal of their current hard pass to maintain their extended access to the White House. Many others, uh, like foreign um Journalists see this as a way to purge people from asking tough questions. Miranda Devine uh, just retweeted John Solomon's story that we covered tonight. She said another bombshell by John Solomon in 2015, a Morgan Stanley banker was so concerned about Hunter Biden's business deals that he filed a complaint with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. As usual, Houdini Hunter escaped scot-free. Studio 6P on a Wednesday, 13 to the hour. Been a great show. Glad you've been a part of it. As always, all our friends everywhere, whether you're watching on Getter, on Real America's Voice, if you haven't downloaded the Real America's Voice app, make sure you do that as well. It's got a little bit of a reskin redo. It looks good, easy to use. Make sure you download that as well on your Fire Stick, Apple TV, Roku, whatever you got. And, of course, on your phone, tablet, wherever. You can watch us all the time. All the past shows are there. Every single show that's on this network is there. It's a great app. Download it for free. Uh, make sure you head over to livefromstudio6b.com and make sure you become a member over there. That absolutely is free as well. Get on the mobile uh, push notifications list. Make sure you give us your mobile number if you have one so we can communicate that way with you as well. 
Uh, let's do some sports right now before we wrap it up with a little more news. Sports is brought to you by our friend Mike Lindell. And if you shop with Lindell and use our code LFS6B, not only do you save 10 to 50% off, Mike's great stuff. But if you forward us the emailed receipt that you receive from them that shows you used our code, uh, we'll send you the shirt of the month absolutely free, which this month is did not comply, will not comply. Uh, of course, you can see that over at live from studio6b.com. We'll send it out to you absolutely free. Just got to make sure you give us your size. If you send me the receipt and you don't tell me what to do, we cannot send you a shirt. I got a lot of receipts with no sizes, with no nothing, just plain receipts, which I appreciate you sending them, but I can't send you a shirt unless you tell me what size you wear. So if you've done that, go check your email. And if you did, make sure you resend it to us with a size so we can get it out to you. Slick Rick, what's going on? All right, up to the scoreboard. Let's go back out to Flushing, Queens, U.S. Open, Arthur Ash Arena. And I think this is going to be a good match going on tonight and right into the night, Big D. World number one, Carlos Alcarez, and number 12, Alexander Zverev. They're both tied at three in the first set. And I got to tell you, I think it's going to be a late night there. So I'm going to catch that after I get off the set. And a couple of baseball scores. Yankees over the Tigers, 4-3, bottom eight. Top eight, Cardinals Lead the Braves eight to six. White Sox over the Royals five two. Bottom eighth. Top of the six. Astros over the Rangers eight two. No score. Orioles and Angels bottom first. Uh, Pirates earlier tonight defeated the Brewers five to four. Guardians over the Twins two to one. Cubs defeated the Giants eight to two. Athletics over the Blue Jays 5-2. Diamondbacks crushed the Rockies 12-5. Phillies topped the Reds 5-1. Tampa Rays 3-1 over the Red Sox. Marlins wiped out the Dodgers 11-4. Mariners topped the Reds 8-4. Nats over the Mets 3-2. Those are all finals. And a couple of quick stories. Big deal. Here's a good one. Donald Trump set to attend Iowa-Iowa State game on Saturday. What do we call that, Rick? The great state of Iowa. Here he comes. Warner Todd Houston of Breitbart reporting. Former President Donald Trump plans to attend the Iowa rivalry game between the Iowa Hawkeyes and the Iowa State Cyclones in Ames, Iowa on Saturday, according to reports. Iowa Senate Majority Leader Jack Whitfer, a former Cyclones player, welcomed Trump to the state and the game. Tens of thousands of Iowans will gather to tailgate and cheer on their favorite team, Whitfer said in a statement, according to Fox News. I'm proud to have President Trump witness the greatest rivalry in college sports. He refers to him as the president like we do 330 yeah i was favored by four on the road at iowa state Ooh, i don't know that both teams iowa are one and oh they all the hawkeye they always screw me up when i bet them they lose when i bet against them they beat me i can't figure that team out i gotta look closely at that one but i'm gonna bet on that game uh so trump's uh, uh trump's former acting attorney matt whitaker uh, uh former hawkeyes player also welcomed trump's oh we got players on both sides big d uh with thrilled to invite donald j trump to the iowa versus iowa state football game this weekend whitaker said adding president trump attended this game in 2015 and remembers the incredible passion and electricity of the fans i don't doubt it'll be the same. Uh, the rivals uh, come to the game after winning their state games. The Iowa Hawkeyes look, took down Utah State. That was a good win, 24-14. And the Cyclones beat Northern Iowa Panthers 30-9. The game has been a draw for politicians over the years. Trump attended in 2015, for instance. But the same year, fellow Republicans Rand Paul and Marco Rubio also attended. The game will be Trump's second time to Iowa in the last few weeks. So he knows he's got to get some work done in Iowa, Big D. After briefly swinging through the Iowa State Fair in August, that was reported on. 
And just one more story, Big D. This is right out of the school of Rick Delgado. Aaron Rodgers details UFO sighting. This is Larry Brown Sports. Steve Del Vecchio reporting. Aaron Rodgers will undoubtedly have some new experiences in his first season with the New York Jets. You talk about a UFO. That team is might be delusional. We'll see. But it is the state to say none will be unsettling as the one he claims he had at a former teammate's house nearly two decades ago. The season finale of HBO's Hard Knocks, which by the way has been fabulous, aired on Wednesday night and it included an interview with Rodgers in which the quarterback shared a, a story about a surreal UFO experience he had in 2005. Rodgers was reminded of the story when he asked the Jets security staffer to grant his former Cal st- teammate Steve Levy access to the practice field. Rodgers explained to Hard Knocks crew how he was at Levy's house in New Jersey at around the same time of 2005 NFL draft when the two witnessed a UFO. I was getting down to bed and I heard this alarm in the distance going off. If it didn't uh, seem normal, so I just got up and walked downstairs. It was a beautiful night, Rogers recalled. Steve and his brother and I walked outside and in the clouds, we heard this sound and saw this tremendously large object moving through the sky. It was like a scene out of Independence Day. When the ships are coming into the atmosphere and creating this explosion type of fire in the sky, we just saw this incredibly large object and froze as anybody would because we didn't know what the hell was going on. Eventually it went out of sight. That wasn't the end of according to Rogers. Nobody said a word. We just stood frozen and the three of us in the front stoop of Steve's house about 30 seconds later, we heard the real recognizable sound of fighter jets. They seemed to be chasing this object, Rogers. See, the jets were already on to him. Uh, again, we just stood there in disbelief for a few minutes. Anyway, he went on to say, Rogers said he did not know what the object was, but it was definitely unidentified according to uh, definitely flying and definitely a large object. Rogers said the experience got him into researching and learning about UFOs. But of course, everyone has been making this same joke about Rogers' story and his affinity of a certain hallucinogenic drug. The experience he spoke about was many years ago. However, and other people were with him. That does not make it any less fitting for Rogers to be the one and only story. So, Big D, Aaron Rogers saw a UFO. We got to see. He's hoping his season with the Jets is going to be out of this world, I think. Yeah, it'll be know. out of this I world. Know. I, don't know. I don't know. It was that. a large object in New Jersey. Sure it wasn't Chris Christie? <laughs> yeah, that Chris, could have been. Good Christie point, on his right? way to Popeye's could be the same thing late at night. You know, right. Doug Otto, I had somebody from uh, Earl from Nebraska sent something into the website. Oh, yeah? About his ex- uh, experience with a UFO. Dude, a that c- reminds me. A cigar-shaped UFO passed over his car, he said. There you go. That's been a, that's been a report for, for, for a shape, a cigar shape. By the way, d- don't you remember you jackasses were texting me? Hey, what's whoa, going whoa, on? Whoa, 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 yeah. whoa, whoa, hey, whoa, whoa, hey, whoa, whoa, hey, whoa, 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 I remember getting texts. Oh, did you guys hear about the UFO sighting? Yeah, you remember that, right? No, no that was Starlink. We, no, that, we, we that told you that. Starlink. No, that was it Delgado was making a st- uh, He was making a Fran, you remember run. that night? Remember that night, Fran? You started so the, the whole one thing. that yeah. I started by sending the picture? Yes. yes. What yeah, was that, it? That was the Starlink. And Thank I you. ran outside, and I'm standing outside looking, Thank and I don't see nothing. Thank you. So don't tell me. You don't know what that was, Starlink. Did, did, and watch you your mouth when them? you call me and Slick Rick some name yeah. that we, we we represent the we we uh <laughs> we represent the GOP. <laughs> we don't represent Jack <laughs> Anything else in the news, Doug? Uh, Otto? Hold your horns on this one. Uh, <laughs> the White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, oh, oui, oui. Uh, oh, oui, oui. called oui. President Biden fiscally responsible 
but couldn't explain away the latest dismal deficit, uh, saying dismissively, talk to an economist. The Biden rep brushed off statistics indicating that the federal deficit was on track to double. Deficits from year to year can be volatile, she said. And so that's kind of how we track that. But the reality is the president (laughs) has a real plan. Uh, The scribe followed up. What is the reason for it going up, though? Why is the deficit increasing? I just said it can be year to year, she said. It can be very volatile. (laughs) When challenged again, she said, I just laid it out. It it can be very volatile. That's the way it is year to year. Uh, Reporter then asked why she shot back. Talk to an economist. They can tell you specifically. Yeah, don't Obviously. bother me with this stuff. Yeah, I mean, what do you want from me? I'm only to speak for the president. To answer questions. Can't answer legitimate questions. I need to tell you what to write. Exactly. You don't ask me anything. Give me. As always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody that keeps us safe, all our truckers, all our farmers, everybody that keeps the country moving. Thanks, everybody, on the show. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Fran. Lauren, you too. And uh, most of all, thank you, the live from Studio 6B audience. We'll see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. right here. Whoa, mama. Live from Studio 6B. Look at those babies. Some roach killers. Yeah, keep going.